Shalom. Holy Scriptures and Israel is a ministry designed to share with the Jewish people the good news of the Lord Jesus Yeshua the Messiah and to instruct Christians on the Jewish roots of their faith. And now, teaching God's Word from a Hebrew Messianic perspective, here is Gideon Levitam. Shalom everyone, this is Brother Gideon Levitam and I'm very thankful to be able to continue together uh, to study the book of Leviticus and the 23rd chapter. It's so wonderful to realize that the Bible, the Word of God, is so encouraging to us all. Scripture was given to Israel in order to give the plan of God for all humanity. After all, the people of Israel were brought into such a relationship with God in order to become a nation that will be light to the nations of the world. Well, Israel ultimately will become the Or Lagoim, light to the nations of the world. Well, today I would like to continue together uh, to study and to look into Leviticus chapter 23. We have mentioned earlier that God gave seven feasts to our forefathers, to Israel. And the seven feasts represent the plan, the program, the purposes of God for all humanity. It began, of course, with Pesach, Passover. And it pointed to the Messiah who would come in the fullness of time to become the Lamb of God, the Passover Lamb, the Pesach. We also looked at the second feast, which is the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And we learned very quickly that leaven speaks of evil. Unleaven speaks of that which there is no leaven, there is no yeast, there is no evil in the person of the Messiah. And we have quickly learned that if the lamb that was killed and its blood was shed pointed to the coming of the Mashiach, then that Mashiach must be sinless. And the Feast of Unleavened Bread represents the sinlessness of the Lord Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah. Well, today... I would like to look over a little bit over the third feast that God had given Israel in Leviticus chapter 23. This is an amazing, amazing portion of scripture. It is really found from verses 9 to verse 14, in which God is now teaching his people Israel to bring the first fruit to him. Whenever Israel was going to come into the promised land, Israel is to present before God the first of the fruits of the land of Canaan, the land of Israel. We read in Leviticus chapter 23, verse 9, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, 
speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them, When ye be come into the land which I give unto you, and shall reap the harvest thereof, then ye shall bring a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest unto the priest. Notice that verse 11 says, And he, this is the Kohen, the priest, he will wave the sheaf before the Lord to be accepted for you on the morrow after the Shabbat, the priest shall wave it. So it is interesting that we do not have a day in which God gave to Israel in a month of Nisan to keep the feast of first fruits, Chag HaKatsir. But what we do learn, beloved friend, is that God said to Israel that when you come into the land, on the 14th day of the month of Nisan is Pesach. On the 15th day of the month of Nisan is Chag HaMatzot, is unleavened bread. But when it comes to the feast of first fruits, we don't have a date, but what we do have, listen to this, it says in verse 10 and 11 of Leviticus chapter 23, that Israel will take of the first fruits a sheaf, this is the Hebrew word for Omer, it's a dry measure of the first fruits of the products of the land of Israel, and they will bring it to the priest, and he will wave it, he will present it before God in such a way that God will accept it. But you notice what it does say, that it will be waved by the priest before God on the day, on the morrow, after the Shabbat day. And what is the following day after the, the seventh day of the week, after Shabbat, is the first day of the week. We call Sunday, in Hebrew we call it Yom Rishon. And Yom Rishon was the day where Israel was to offer Reshit Ktsirchem, the first fruits that they have received from the crop of the land. This happened, of course, in the month of Nisan, which is uh, March, April. After keeping Pesach, killing the lamb, shedding its blood, after keeping Chag HaMatzot, or during the day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, because seventh day will follow after the Passover, where Israel will celebrate and keep the Feast of Unleavened Bread, sometime there, whenever the weekly Shabbat arrives the following day, Israel is to present before the Lord the Omer, the sheaf of the first fruits. Now, it is very interesting because as we look at the scripture and we realize that God has a plan for humanity and God has already showed us through Passover and unleavened bread that the Messiah will come to die, to be a substitute. And in order to be a substitute, he must be sinless, Chag Hamatzot, unleavened bread. Then you realize 
that the next feast, which is on the first day of every week on that particular month of Nisan, the first, first day, the first Sunday after the Shabbat, after the 14th day of the month of Nisan, then you realize that there is a link between the death of the Messiah, the sinlessness of the Messiah, which is seen in Pesach and unleavened bread, it also speaks to us of something in relationship to the Mashiach, to the, to the Messiah. Well, if he had to die, as a substitute, you remember, when I see the blood, I will pass over you, God said to our forefathers in the land of Egypt. And we have linked it with the person of Yeshua the Messiah in John 1.29, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of this world. And we have learned that he says, Which of you found in me anything? Yeshua said. We read in scripture that he did no sin. He knew no sin. There was no sin in him. He is a representation of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. So immediately you realize that that feast of first fruits Chag HaKatsir, really speak about the Messiah's resurrection. You see, beloved friend, the Messiah could not remain in the grave. He must rise from among the dead. We read in the book of Psalms, Psalm 16, the psalmist of Israel said, in relationship to the Messiah, thou shalt not leave thine Holy One in Sheol to seek corruption. Let me read that verse. Psalm 16, and in verse 10 we read, For thou wilt not leave my soul in Sheol, in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine Holy One to seek corruption. The psalmist of Israel, David, prophetically spoke about the Messiah who would come in the fullness of the time, and he was really speaking about the resurrection of the Mashiach. He would become the first fruits, the first person to rise from among the dead for living eternity, in eternal, you might say, in eternal condition. See, others have been resurrected, but they died again. Others have been brought to life in the days of old, in Israel's days, before the Messiah came and after the Messiah came, but they died again. But when it's come to the Messiah, the promise was that his soul, as it says in Psalm 16, verse 10, Thou will not leave my soul in Sheol, the place of the departed soul, and then neither will thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption is the grave, the place of the departed, the rest of the body. So the Messiah will be resurrected after he will finish the work of redemption. That's what we learn from the feast, from the feast of first fruits. The resurrection of our Messiah, our Lord Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah. There's another verse that we read concerning the resurrection of the Messiah, and we can find it in the prophet Isaiah, when Isaiah spoke about the coming of the Messiah, that he will suffer and he will die, but notice what it says. 
in Isaiah 53 and verse 10, it says, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. This is verse 10. He has put him to grief. He caused the Messiah to die. But then it says in verse 10b, When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. It's such an amazing thing to learn of the fact that, that the Messiah will not only die a substitutionary death, but he will also, beloved friend, rise from among the dead and he will ultimately be exalted and extolled and be made very high. The psalmist in Psalm 110 said, David says, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. And indeed, God had raised Yeshua Jesus from among the dead and placed him at the pinnacle of the universe. I want to just mention some passages that we have in the uh, New Covenant, in the Brit HaChadashah, in relationship to the death and the assurance of resurrection that our Lord Yeshua promised. Look what he said as he was walking with his disciples. He mentioned to them, he gave them, you might say, a promise that he has to die, he will be buried, but he will also rise again. Why do we need a resurrected Christ, Mashiach, Messiah? Why we need a resurrected Messiah? Because if God had been satisfied with his death as the Lamb of God, as a substitute for all that have sinned, God will be so pleased with the work of redemption because he became already a substitute, so God will not allow him to remain in the grave, but he will raise him from among the dead. Beautiful verse we read in Psalm in, uh, in Matthew chapter 16. Notice what he said. Yeshua is walking with his disciples in the Galil, in the land of Israel. And he says, from that time forth began Yeshua, Jesus, to show unto his disciples how much he must, or how that he must go unto Jerusalem, and he will suffer many things of the elders and the chief priests and the scribe. Listen to that, verse 21, and be killed and be raised again on the third day. Again, he must be in the grave three days and three nights. He will rise on the third day. And so it is wonderful to see that the Messiah promised his death, Yeshua that is, promised his burial, but he also promised his resurrection. This is what we read in Matthew 16 and verse 21. 
in chapter 17, in verse 22, he continued to say, And while they abode in the Galil, Yeshua said unto them, The Son of Man shall be betrayed into the hands of men, and they shall kill him, and the third day he shall be risen or raised again. He knew that he must die. Yeshua, Jesus, knew that he must be buried because he must become the Lamb of God. He must become Pesach, the Passover Lamb. But he also knew that he will rise again. And surely, as we continue on in the 20th chapter, of the Gospel of Matthew. In verse 18, we read once again. Behold, we go up to Yerushalayim, verse 18, and the Son of Man, Ben Hadam in Hebrew, the Son of Man shall be betrayed unto the chief priests and unto the scribes, and they shall condemn him into death. Then notice what he said, and shall deliver him to the Gentiles, to the Goyim to mock and to scourge and to crucify him. And the third day he shall rise again. Notice it is very interesting that when Yeshua the Messiah died, he didn't die by stoning the way we, the Jewish people in biblical days, have stoned someone who deserved to die. Of course, he did not deserve to die. He was sinless. He was Chag Hamatzot. He was the Feast of Unleavened Bread. There was no sin in him. But nevertheless, when he died, he didn't die by stoning. He died by being crucified on a Roman cross. Because the psalmist of Israel in Psalm 22 said they pierced my hands and my feet. Yes. It was already predicted by the prophets of Israel long before the Romans even took power. Because God is channeling the life of his people and creation, his own creation. He knows the kingdom that will rise and the kingdom that will fall. He knew exactly when his anointed one, him, the Mashiach, will come. See, we wait for the Mashiach. We pray for the Mashiach to come. But we must grasp the fact that the Mashiach had to become Mashiach by becoming a substitute for us sinners and die. He was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace fell upon him, and with his stripe, this death, we are healed. And so they placed him on a Roman cross. And the Romans crucified him. The guilt was both Israel and the nations. All of us are guilty in the death of the Messiah. But praise God. He didn't die in vain. He died in order to be buried and to be resurrected. And you know this, beloved friend, 
as we move along in the twenty in the in the twenty to the twenty eighth chapter, after they crucified him in Matthew chapter twenty seven, as it was spoken by the prophet David, who said prophetically, Eli, Eli, lama azavtani, he was forsaken by God for the sin of this world. And then we read that when he died, and after they crucified him and he died, it says, he said in the scripture in in, uh, Matthew chapter 27 and John chapter 19, he said, it is finished, nigmar, it is done, that they took him down from that Roman cross and they put him in a tomb. And after three days, he became the first fruits of them that sleep. He became the resurrected one, the one that was raised, the first fruit, Chag HaKatsir, the feast of first fruits, exactly in the same period of time, in the a month of Nisan, the Messiah came. To live a perfect life, to die a substitutionary death, and to be resurrected, as it was proclaimed and predicted by the Hebrew prophets. We read in Matthew chapter 28 that when the women came to the grave, at the end of the Shabbat, as it began to dawn towards the first day of the week, Miriam Magdalene and other Miriam came, and other women, And behold, there was an earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven, and he came and he rolled back the stone from the door of of that grave, and he sat upon it. And it says here in verse 3, this angel, his countenance was like lightning, and his raiment was white as snow. And then we read in verse 5, And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not, ye, for I know that ye seek Yeshua, which was crucified. He died as the Passover lamb. But then he said, notice what he said to them. He is not here. He is risen. Who lopo? Who come? Who come minametim? He is not here. He had been resurrected. Now, my dear friend, this is so important because it is only those of us who belong to the Lord Yeshua, the Messiah, only those who believe in the scripture, in the Hebrew scripture, the Tanakh, the Brit HaDashah, that we can understand the fact that the Messiah, our leader, we might say, our Moshiach, our deliverer, cannot be a dead deliverer. He cannot stay. In the grave, then, if he is still in the grave, like all other leaders in the world in which we live in, (laughs) then what's the point? One is born, and then he dies. One is born, and then he dies. But what's the point? The only reason why it is so fundamentally important for us to get a hold of the fact that the Mashiach, the Messiah, fulfilled Pesach, Chag HaMatzot, Chag Katsir. He fulfilled the Passover, the unleavened bread, and the first food because he died because he was sinless. He was buried and he rose from among the dead. 
This is fascinating. It is very, very important for us to understand. Now, I want to read just another verse or two from the New Testament, from the Brit HaKadoshah. Why? The Brit HaKadoshah links with the Tanakh. The Brit HaKadoshah, the New Covenant, was made with the house of Judah, the house of Israel, by God. He made that promise. Jeremiah chapter 31. He made this covenant with the house of Israel, with the house of Judah. Why? Because it's a Brit Hadashah, it's a new covenant that is based not upon works, not upon the law which we broke, including you and I. We broke it. Check it out. Check your own heart. And see how many laws we have broken before God. Look at the Aseret Adibot, all the Ten Commandments, and just check them out one by one, and you ask yourself the question. Did I obey each one of them? Have I fallen in any or in all? God will show you, and me, he shows us that we have all failed. We have broken the law. In fact, Yirmiyahu Hanavi, Jeremiah the prophet said in Jeremiah chapter 31 that he will make a new covenant, Brit Hadashah, because the old, you might say, or the Mount Sinai covenant we have broken. That's why the new covenant is based upon the Mashiach's finished work, his death, burial, and resurrection. Pesach, Matzot, Yom Habikurim, or Chag HaKatsir, the first fruits. We read in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, very, very important, beautiful verse. And let me read you just a couple of verses for your enjoyment. Verse 12, it says, If the Messiah is preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? Shaul Paul said to the believers at the city of Corinth. But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then the Mashiach is not risen. The Messiah, Christ, is not risen. And if the Messiah be not risen, then are preaching vain, and your faith is also vain. Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified that God had raised up the Mashiach, whom he raised not up. If he, he said, if so be that the dead rise not. Now notice the next verses. For if... The dead rise not, then is not the Messiah Christ is raised. If there is no resurrection and no future for the believers in Yeshua the Messiah, then the Messiah really didn't rise. He died and he's still in the tomb, in the grave. He continues and he says in verse 17 of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, And if the Messiah, if Christ be not raised, your faith is in vain, and ye are yet in your sins, then they also which are already passed away, fallen asleep in the Messiah, they are perished. If in this life only we have hope in the Messiah, we are of all men most miserable. 
But beloved brothers and sisters and dear friends, there is much more hope in a Messiah than only in this life. You see, our life here will come to an end very soon. How many years are we going to live here on earth? The best of us. The most healthy person. How long time are we going to live on earth? 80, 90, 100, maybe Kmo Moshe, like Moses, 120 years? Until Me'ave Esrim, we often say to each other, but even then, what after? What's going to happen after? Do we have life beyond the grave? Well, the Bible teaches us that, yes, Daniel said that there is a resurrection of the righteous, of the dead. Isaiah said that there is a resurrection that is coming to come to pass in the future. The prophets of Israel spoke about the resurrection of the Messiah as well. So there is a future, but it's all dependent upon the finished work of the Messiah. He was resurrected. And so look at this, beautiful. 1 Corinthians 15 now, verse 20. How Shaul, Paul, this Pharisee of Pharisee, Parush Mehapushim. He knew the scripture, the Hebrew scripture, the Torah, Nevi'im, Ketuvim, much more than all of us together. And he loved the God of Israel and opposed initially the gospel of Yeshua the Messiah. Didn't believe that Yeshua was the Messiah until he was, you might say, received a revelation from God concerning Yeshua the Messiah on the basis of the word of God, on the basis of the Tanakh. Notice what he says. Linking the resurrection of the Mashiach Yeshua with the Feast of First Fruit. He says, but now, verse 20, 1 Corinthians 15, 20, but now the Messiah, risen from the dead, and become, listen to this, the first fruits of them that slept. The Mashiach, Yeshua, come, he was resurrected, and he did not only rise in order to die again, no. He rose never to die again. And he became the Katsir, Yom HaKatsir, Chag HaKatsir, the first fruits, Reshit Ktsirchem, the first fruits of them that sleep. That teaches us an important lesson that every believer, truly sincere believer in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and his anointed one, the Messiah, Yeshua, Everyone that truly believe in the Lord have the assurance of the resurrection. Because the Messiah rose, we believers, forgiven people, will rise again. That's why it says in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 20, the Messiah is risen from the dead and he became the first fruits, habechor, bikurim, the first fruit of them that slept. And who are they that slept? You see, when we die for the believer, death become a servant to usher us 
to eternal relationship with God. The believer in the Lord Yeshua and the Messiah were forgiven people, sinners who receive forgiveness of sins. We have the assurance of being with the Lord Yeshua the Messiah in heaven for time and for eternity, not because we have done anything good or anything right, but because of the Messiah. There is no eternal relationship with God without faith in God's word and God's anointed one. Israel's Messiah and the Savior of this world. This is so serious, we cannot neglect it. And as we teach, as we learn from Leviticus chapter 23, we can see that Pesach represents the death of the Messiah. Unleavened bread represent the perfection, the sinlessness of the Messiah. And first fruits represent the resurrection of Yeshua HaMashiach. I want to read one more verse, and then we will end this session. Shaul Paul wrote once again in the book of Romans this time. He wrote to another assembly in Asia Minor, in Rome, in really the city of Rome. And he wrote to them about the Messiah. And he linked his death and his, re- and his resurrection in one verse. He says in Romans chapter 4, verse 25, and I'll read actually verse 24 also. It says, it says in verse, in the middle of verse 24, if we believe on him, this is on God, who raised up Yeshua, Jesus, our Lord from the dead, as it was predicted, Psalm 16.10, Isaiah 53.10, and other passages in Psalm 22 and so on. If we believe on God, who raised the Messiah Yeshua from the dead, listen, He, God, delivered him, or the Messiah was delivered for our offenses. This is for our sins. God had to punish him. But he was raised for our justification. You see, my dear friend, God have raised Yeshua, the Messiah, in order to declare the believer justified, just as we have never sinned. That's what the Messiah, Yeshua, have done for us. So, these are the spring feasts. There's one more feast after 50 days later, the feast of Shavuot, Pentecost. We're going to talk about it in our next ministry meeting, but beloved friend, listen. Pesach, Yeshua's death. Matzot, Yeshua's sinlessness. Katsir, is Yeshua's resurrection. Passover is the Lord Jesus, Yeshua the Messiah, death. Unleavened bread speaks of the Lord Jesus the Messiah's sinlessness. And first fruits speaks of his resurrection. He is not here. He is risen. He was delivered for our offenses. And he was raised for our justification. The only way to be justified is to trust in him. Not in yourself. Not in rules keeping. Not in any other man. 
There is only one that we can trust in because the Hebrew scripture predicts his coming. The Hebrew scriptures tells us of his birth, death, burial, and resurrection. It is found right here in the Tanakh. And so, my dear friend, I trust that you will consider to search the scriptures to see if these things are so. And may God open your heart and show you the essential truth of believing in the person and the work of our Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah. May God bless you, my dear friend. Take care. Shalom, shalom. Thank you.